Welcome everybody to episode number 51 of Marathon Men, an in-depth and very serious exploration to the world of Middle-earth. I am your host, Adam Cervantes-Wagner, and allow me to introduce my co-host, Eric Gorney. It's Trevor Dillon. That is uh, take 11 right there, uh, with Adam trying to do the intro of this show. The, the, the worst option would have been Dildo Saggins. Oh, well, okay, great. Thank you for throwing out your B option and just saying it anyway and having it be much better than the A option. Oh, it's not. That's when in the back of your brain you realize that your mom listens to the show. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Sorry. <laughs> Immediately off the bat. Sorry. Uh, uh, yeah, we let's did get it. into it. We did it. Well, I'm hosting this show. I, <laughs> I know, I know. Well, I'm allowed to talk on the show. Yeah. Anyways, we did it. Um, we watched all three extended editions of the Lord of the Rings movies. Well, one of us did, unfortunately, Trevor, I know you wanted to, but, uh, some very unfortunate circumstances came up. Yeah. I mean, we're recording this on a Monday and I have to say that I still am like still feeling stressed. Like I'm sitting here in my bed recording this show and I'm still feeling stressed and I don't get stressed out very often at work, but Saturday morning when you were a spoiled little baby who got to watch the Lord of the Rings extended editions on the big screen. Um, I was having a, a hell of a morning. It was crazy. Yeah. You called me. Yeah. I, I, I yeah, that's <laughs> true. I did call you. Yeah. I, I asked Adam or I texted him to come in early uh, for the trilogy and hop behind the counter to help us out with uh, getting everybody in. But that was like the least of my problems. I mean, you were very helpful and thank you for help. And I actually called you out in front of the audience before, uh, the return of the return of the king and i even had i gave you a chance to plug this show and you i said yeah that's you have a podcast right is that true and you're just like no (laughs) yeah and then you roasted me which people loved wait what did Uh, i do oh what was the roast you roasted me because you said uh after i said that you said you know i've heard your podcast i know why you're embarrassed about it Ooh, that's right that's right people cracked up at that and i was like this is some uh, situational irony here. When I plug in that mic, because a lot of times I'll do, I'll just like say hi to everybody before a screening and basically, uh, well, I used to explain what the Frida Cinema was. I don't even bother doing that anymore. I, sometimes I don't even bother saying my name and what I do there. I just walk up and start talking about like upcoming programming and stuff. But um, every once in a while, I'll, I'll have a mic in my hands or I'll plug in the, the wired mic. And I, I really do feel like a, a comedian with that mic in my hands. I just <laughs> don't have any material. You do a good job, I think. It's a it's a good way to kind of break the pace and introduce the movie. If I really tried, I know I could actually do a very good job. But yeah, I, I, oftentimes <laughs> it comes off as quite lackadaisical and not thought out, which I think in itself does feel a little better than like when you like when you go to the arc light and they had like a very strict script they had to you know stick to and stuff like that. Um, I don't have a script at all a lot of the times. And so I'm just kind of talking and it can, it can definitely meander a little bit and get kind of awkward, but every once in a while, there's a good one. Yeah. Speaking of which I have a story slash plug now, um, after the return of the King at, I guess, one thirty AM when everyone was already dead, this guy came up to me. He's like, Hey, you have a podcast. <laughs> and I was like, Oh yeah. Yeah. He's like, what's it called? And I told him and he's like, that's so awesome here. And he takes out his wallet and he pulls out a card and he says, I have a podcast too. Um, I'll check yours out if you want to check mine out. You know, I'm, I've been getting into it. And I, he had a whole business card for his podcast, Trevor, which means we are way behind. What the hell? Well, go ahead and plug his podcast right here in the show. 
it's called a underrated podcast. I haven't gotten the chance to listen to it. You know, That's, it could be yeah. soup. It could be very racist, and I, I, I you know. I know that podcast. I, I haven't listened to it yet, but they just recorded a live show at the at the theater. <laughs> oh wow! Okay. Yeah, they actually did a live show. I haven't listened to the show yet, but um, yeah, I think that they take um, they just talk about movies that they think need defending or need a reassessment and uh, are underrated. And hey, I'm a, I'm obsessed with that line of thinking. Like, I love the idea of just like the a lot of these movies that are being reclaimed right now and. I feel like mm-hmm. almost every movie that comes out, like not this is not true. Of course, a lot of movies are lost in time, especially from like the olden days and stuff. But I feel like, are there like any movies now that like you you can go on Twitter and find a defender of like any movie? And I love that. I love that. Like, <laughs> and you were talking about it. You were kind of saying like Diego, like your our guest of the show on the Jupiter Ascending episode, is that he he almost can find something positive in like every movie he watches. Mm-hmm. And uh, I, I know that he takes uh, great glee in, like, defending a movie that he knows people don't like. But his defense of it is so good that I, I don't know. That's why I always say that he's one of my favorite follows. Yeah, absolutely. He's just so genuine. Like, I love seeing movies through Diego's eyes. Um, <laughs> so, yeah, I think, does this mean uh, we're going to have to get business cards, Trevor? I mean, uh, business cards for a podcast is very, very interesting when uh, you could just be like, yeah, just like it's called Ghost Party Radio. Just remember that. Like, remember those three words. <laughs> yeah, but it's too hard. But I'm glad I'm glad underrated podcast found a, a hook like that because we still haven't found ours. You know what? This show is coming together slowly. Episode 51. <laughs> we used to be a, a genre cinnamon. Uh, genre, Jesus. A, <laughs> a, a, a genre cinema <laughs> podcast. Um, but now we, uh, we're still genre cinema, but we, uh, you know, the bit now is that every show is a different show and I like that. I think it's fun. Yeah. You know, when it's getting cold outside, you want to warm up with a genre cinnamon toast, (laughs) uh, latte, you know, I was going to say a genre cinnamon smoothie. There you go. (laughs) Yeah. When I want to, when it's cold outside, I want a genre cinnamon smoothie. (laughs) Um, but yeah, that's awesome. I I wouldn't be opposed to that. I think it's, it is kind of funny if it's not. You know, super practical. <clears throat> Where's well, our merch, by the way, Trevor? We, you know, I <laughs> listen. We're going to start uh, kicking up the production value of the show, the advertisements on the show, the asking for money portion of this show. So it's coming. <laughs> and we were talking about how it's been a while since we've had a guest on the show, and the reason is because it's the end of the year, and people's like calendars are kind of wonky. I know mine. I mean, right now we are recording at nine thirty p.m. on a Monday night. And our <laughs> our episode comes out tomorrow morning. Like that's how weird <laughs> our schedules are right now. Is that we didn't make any time this week to talk about this extremely long trilogy. But anyways, speaking well, of every show being a different show, it's marathon men, and we need to talk about this marathon. Mm-hmm. And uh, I like the way that you introduced it um, as the greatest trilogy of all time. I think you're absolutely right. I mean, I it's, there's I've seen myself a few trilogies in my day and uh, I I don't think there's any qualifiers. I don't need to say it's the greatest fantasy trilogy, although I would say the second best trilogy is also a fantasy trilogy. So there's no point for that qualifier. But no, I think when walking in and out of that theater because I was so busy all day and just seeing we'll get into it in a moment, like we'll really get into it. But how well made these movies are it's like mm-hmm. so crazy and the way that they've held up over the past 20 years is nuts yeah and just the weight that these movies have outside of like just fantasy fun you know i mean there's really good storytelling in these films yeah there's like such a dramatic earnestness to so many moments 
in the 13 hours of the extended edition trilogy, you're getting a lot of like different stuff. Like, like Mm -hmm. there's a lot of very funny parts. There's a lot of very Mm -hmm. scary parts. There's a lot of uh, intense action scenes. There's some great drama. There's like towards the end, uh, you know, it gets very sad. You literally go through an emotional journey and that 13 hours is why I don't watch these movies one at a time. I never Mm -hmm. have. When I watch the Lord of the Rings, it's all the way through or it's nothing. Same, absolutely the same. Because you you get you you're in it. You feel that movement. And and I was kind of talking to the person that I went with, um, and and she felt the same way that like we felt the characters grow over this period of time. It was our journey, and you don't get that if you break it up, you know, over the days. But I I think a lot of theaters or a lot of programmers or just a lot of I don't know, I, we don't need to talk about theaters and program all the time. But I think what a lot of people do, and I've seen it done, is they'll play like Fellowship of the Ring one week. Two Towers the next week and Return of the King the next week. And I just, it doesn't work. It just does not work. And a lot of people are unfortunately going to skip Two Towers if you do it like that. (laughs) Yeah, Two Towers is, uh, you know, maybe a little bit better in the theatrical version, but still, um, you got to go all the way with it. You, so we had a a friend of the show, Issa Pandas, Mm -hmm. as some may call her, uh, watched it for the first time. Did you happen to get her input after the third one? I have not, and what a great uh, guest that would have been. Of you know, gosh, I wonder what a fresh perspective on this trilogy would have been. <laughs> yeah, I, I also just came up with a, a guest that would have been probably pretty good, but you know what? Yeah. Next time. Yeah, next time. Next time Issa watches The Lord of the Rings for the first time, we'll have her on the show. <laughs> no, we'll have to have Issa on for an animated uh, show. Be, or We'll right. just build a show around it. But, yeah, she's a big mm-hmm. fan of animated movies. Um, before we really dive into it, we do have segments that we do on this show. So we want to just yeah. get through those very, very quickly. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so, I'm excited to talk about specifically your media diet. Yeah, so what movie do you think that I'm about to that I want to talk about right now? It's a little movie on my personal uh, top 25 of the decade called Francis Ha. Correct, yeah. So I watched Francis Ha because you reminded me of it when you talked about uh, your top 20 uh, movies of the 2010s. And I liked it when it came out in 2012. I went and saw it. Uh, I had a day when I saw that movie that was very rest- – memor- oh, boy. Very rem- – I'm not – we're not stopping. I'm, I'm rolling right through <laughs> it. Genre uh, cinnamon. Yeah, uh, very reminiscent of – it was a tough word, by the way – reminiscent of uh, the day I had today where it's just like I was very anxious when I saw it in 2012. I just have, was having a bad day, and um, I thought it was fine. You know what I mean? And it's, it kind of cracks me up now because, like, having watched it last night like and having the day that I had today, just a very long day, and I'm just like, I, I want to throw Francis Hall on right now. Like, it literally mm-hmm. is like – I think going forward it's going to be a massive comfort movie for me. Mm-hmm. Um, I think it looks great. I think Greta Gerwig is <laughs> I think she's incre- incredible in it. I told you. <laughs> I told you. You didn't believe me. Uh maybe I didn't. I'd have to re-listen to the episode, but I I think that she's cuz I like some of the bonbon joints, whatever. I like The Squid and the Whale, Meyerwitz stories which you you love. Mm-hmm. Um I Marriage Story was fine. I like these movies. Um I, I really do like uh, Squid and the Whale, but Francis Ha just like just rockets to the top of the list, and I have to think it's that she's the she's the reason for it. I mean, co-writing the script. I haven't seen now. I have to see Mistress America, which I think she also co-wrote, right? Mm-hmm. And I think she's got to be 
with Lady Bird and Little Women as the other two kind of litmus test. She's a really good writer. She's a very good writer. Um, and the movie is very clearly personal to her. I mean, even Francis even goes home to Sacramento and for a little bit in the movie. So, um, mm-hmm. I just don't want to talk about it for too long. It was on the Criterion channel. It's like 85 is it's the fastest I've ever moved through a movie. It just felt like it went, it just happened and it mm-hmm. ended. And I was, I think my letterbox review that you read said this, and it, I almost feel bad that I've gone almost 10 years of my life, uh, wasted without watching this movie a million times because i feel like going forward i'm going to watch it so so much Mm -hmm. yeah i i uh i'm so glad to hear that you really liked it re-watching it um i do think that that movie has a good amount of magic to it um and you know i do highly recommend checking out mistress america because i think it's a great follow-up it's not quite as um sort of I don't know what the word is, like, you know, fresh, but uh, it's really cool. It's a good, it's a really enjoyable movie, except especially at the end. There's like this really great sort of set piece. Um, Mr. America is the only Bombach movie I haven't seen. Yeah, you got to get on that. It's also, yeah. it doesn't have Adam Driver on that one, so don't get your hopes up. <laughs> That's right. When he came on screen, he looks so, so young in uh, Francis <laughs> yeah. But uh, do you have a favorite moment, a uh, single moment in that movie? Yeah, um, and I kind of brought it up on the top 25, but uh, it's when she's talking with the adults at the table, you know? Yes, that's and right. I, and then she comes up with her uh, something to talk about with them, I think. I love that expression on her face. Yeah, there's a really insane moment of uh, comedic timing in it where she's talking with Adam Driver, who reveals himself to be quite a ladies' man later in the movie. Or, I mean, very shortly, because he keeps bringing women to the apartment that she lives in. But mm-hmm. um, she's talking, and I think he's cornered her a little bit by the records, is your cat okay? Is your cat okay? Yeah, no, she loves this part also. Yeah, yeah, it's a riot. I mean, she's making the noise that Greta Gerwig makes in the scene, <laughs> yeah. where uh, he like he kind of moves in slowly, 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 and then he finally touches her shoulder, and she just goes like, "What does she do? She goes like meat or something like that." She like <laughs> yeah. she makes like a really eh. weird. It's yeah, she. Eh. It's so <laughs> funny. It's so funny. Yeah, yeah, it's really good, and it, and then you know it works. Then they don't get it on. Yeah, that's yeah, great reveal there. Um, but yeah, I I really loved it. Like honestly, like if I were to do my top twenty, those twenty tens, I don't know, ten years from now, Francis Haas going to be on that list just because yeah. it's just so short and so good. <laughs> like it looks great, and she's yeah. amazing. So, um, yeah. do you know the actress that plays her friend? Uh, no. Yeah, she's great too. Yeah. Yeah, that's weird Good that I just her. didn't learn her name. <laughs> yeah, uh, but, I also yeah. I I also think about a lot that she like picks at her acne throughout the film. Yeah, which I think is really uh, I I have never seen that in a movie, but it's also very real, and it's kind of an interesting thing to have in sort of a transitional movie, a coming of age thing. Yeah, and she's what in the movie she her character is she's like twenty seven, which I found very refreshing. Mm-hmm. Uh, how old are you, Adam? I am 26. Okay, so you are nearing Francis Ha age, which uh, which is, and I see a lot of my young volunteers who are like, oh, this is so relatable, and they're all like, you know, 19, 20. I'm like, (laughs) this is relatable to you already? Because this is definitely something that watching this time, I felt way more, I felt like I really, oh, good Lord, what is going on today? (laughs) Um, But no, we're not stopping. I'm not editing. This is the extended edition of this podcast. (laughs) Um, yeah, I was just feeling way more uh, related to it this time than when I watched it when I was 21 or whatever. And I don't know. Yeah. Is that, that's that's got to be a more – I don't know. We'll see. 
That's awesome. Yeah, check out uh, Mistress America next. If you need to borrow it, I have it. And then we'll talk about that next time. Cool. Wow. Uh, a seven-minute conversation about Francis Ha in the middle of our Marathon Men Lord <laughs> of the Rings episode. Right. Francis. I couldn't think of a Lord of the Rings pun with Ha. <laughs> There's no Ha. <laughs> oh, man. That was really bad. Yeah. Um, do you have I... anything you want to talk about for Media Diet? Not really. Lord of the Rings was sort of my big thing. Yeah, that was a that week. was a full meal. That was a yeah. I guess we could we could get into come on, come on. No, it, um, yeah, <laughs> you know, so, together. another modern black and white movie. Um, yeah, yeah. Let's let's talk about come on, come on a little bit. Yeah, we apes of God. Uh, come on, come on. Uh, very short thoughts on this. Um, pretty pretty much delightful. I mean, yeah. just like a very kind of. I kind of feel like I just glided through the movie and. I think it's got some absolutely stunning black and white cinematography. Yeah, and uh, this is uh, you know the new picture by uh, Meek Mills, uh, who you may know. Okay, I was rolling my eyes when you said picture, and then you said Meek Mills, and I was like, "This is so. This podcast needs to end." What? And, and you know, it's it's cool because his his wife or his partner, I guess, is also in the game, uh, Nicki Minaj, who did Kajillionaire. <laughs> Wait, is Mick Mills really uh, uh, with Miranda July? Mike Mills is, yes. Wait, uh, then, sorry, sorry, sorry. Yeah, yeah, that's right. Is Mike Mills really with Miranda July? I didn't know that. Yeah, yeah, they're uh, they're together. Oh, that's, wow, that's a power couple. Yeah, for real. That, that rules. I just heard yeah. uh, the A24 podcast where Mike Mills talked with David Byrne, and mm-hmm. not that pretentious. I really enjoyed their conversation, actually. Yeah, I feel... I, I, I mean, you could kind of see that in Mike Mills's films, where it's a, it is, you you feel like he has to be listening to real people, you know, to create these films. Oh, definitely, and there's a lot of like the documentary footage in this movie. But he mm-hmm. says, and I don't know how filmmakers, and I wonder if Miranda July is the same way. I don't know if they're these two because I don't know a lot about them. Uh, these people, I don't mm-hmm. know if they are like artists, if they've been artists for a long time that are not, aren't just filmmakers. But he said that his writing process is that he will kind of just walk around and listen to people for like a year and a half. Hmm. A year and a half. <laughs> just no talking. Just listening. He just kind of listens and then he, and then he puts pen to paper and then that process takes like a year. <laughs> and I'm like, <laughs> that is wild. And then I'm like, is that your full time job? That's how you make a living? <laughs> uh, well, I mean, he, he has enough money, I'm sure. Um, but yeah, I think we both came out of it. We were kind of discussing it after the f- fact um, that we really liked this film. I think we would tell people to watch it. We, we both got emotional with it. We thought it was beautiful. Um, but we don't think we'd ever really see it again. We don't see the need to. Yeah, no, I, I think that this is a movie that'll land probably in my, if I watch 65 movies this year, it'll be in my top 15 because it's a very strong year. Mm-hmm. Um, but usually this would be landing in my 10, nine spot of like, if you didn't see, come on, come on, you got to go see, come on, come on. I mean, yeah, mm-hmm. I had, I definitely had a lot going for it. We talked about how walking Phoenix sometimes for me, or at least I thought going uh, forward after Joker, uh, wouldn't be able to pull off playing a normal person again. Mm-hmm. And he like totally does. He like, mm-hmm. like, like he doesn't her, you know, he just goes right into playing a normal dude because he, in real life, we know He's not a normal guy. He's like, so now he has to like act to be a normal guy and he's very good. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. He did a great job. Um, 
And I guess I, I think that's pretty much it. I think just go see it is the takeaway here. It's uh, yeah, and the little kid is like the reason to buy the ticket for the movie. Yeah, yeah, yeah for real. Um, great job, very cute kid who acted the heck out of this movie. Yeah, awesome casting. I think Mike Mills was saying that he uh, it was like that was of course like boy number one who came through the door. It was like that's the guy right there. <laughs> right. All right, uh, let's uh, let's talk a you, little. Uh, what you? Yeah, let's get into it with uh, Trevor Dillon here, boy number two, as I like to call him. <laughs> we know, let's talk about a little about before we get into the greatest trilogy of all time, uh, aka the greatest <laughs> fantasy trilogy of all time. Let's talk about fantasy movies real quick. Like I said, uh, this used to be a, a genre cinnamon podcast. Um, <laughs> do you have any like favorite fantasy movies? I'm kind of scrolling through Letterboxd right now. Um, maybe like The Lone Ranger. <laughs> <laughs> Great job, Letterbox. Thank you. Um, no, uh, like Pan's Labyrinth uh, is kind of what I think of when I think of a fantasy movie. It obviously blends right. a lot of genre. Uh, I'm sorry, I meant drama uh, into the fantasy thing. But uh, what comes to your mind when you think of fantasy? Narnia, Harry Potter? Yeah, I mean, uh, I, this is the number one for me, obviously. It's hard to get away from fantasy. I'm just thinking of... Um, Gandalf riding up on Shadowfax looking over at uh, Minas Tirith. <laughs> I didn't know who I, was, who I was dealing with on this podcast if you were going to know all the stuff. But, like, yeah, it's Minas Tirith. You don't know that? You just watched it. I was slow. I was thinking of Minas Morgul. I'm sorry. That was uh, the one coming to my head for some reason. Do you think people who are listening to this podcast who see Lord of the Rings, do you think that they're, they're, we're going to know our stuff? Or do you think that they think we're going to fumble through this? I think they probably only think we know the movies, which is fair. Yeah, that's. I mean, that's fair. I didn't read the books. I, I have read the books. I read The Hobbit, but like I, I yeah. and uh, and I think I tried the Salmarillion. I think I tried reading okay. that, but I, I lost interest very quickly. Nice. Yeah, and I have a. It, it stays in my friend group because I have uh, I have two friends that I see every Sunday, and we have uh, we just nerd out every Sunday where we play video games or play Magic the Gathering, and we watch anime. Yeah, um, yeah it's it's pretty brutal, but we get it all out. Um, and one of my friends in that has read Lord of the Rings, I think, like seven times. Mm-hmm. So the lore and stuff is never far from my fingertips, which is nice. Interesting. Uh, do you want to know what my favorite fantasy movie is of all time? Yeah. Noah. Uh, <laughs> all right. That's, uh, that's a good one. Based on my favorite fantasy book, the Bible. Oh, oh here we go. Uh oh, canceled. Yeesh. Uh, Yeesh. No, my favorite. going to tear fan- a picture of you. <laughs> my favorite fantasy movie of all time is um, Zack Snyder's. Uh, what is it? The Owls of Gahul or whatever. Okay, so you're just going to keep going. <laughs> no, I mean fantasy is not really my genre. Uh, like you said, I, basically it starts and ends with Lord of the Rings. Like mm-hmm. I don't even like the Hobbit movies. So um, Harry mm-hmm. Potter's cool, but some of those movies are good. Um, mm-hmm. But I'm not like gonna be. I don't go and see like the Percy Jackson movies. I don't go <laughs> see the the Narnia movies. Like I don't think mm-hmm. I saw any of those movies. Uh, it, it, every once in a while you see a movie come out like The Golden Compass, like these big fantasy movies, and a lot of them don't do well. So The Lord of the Rings is kind of like this insane outlier um, of these movies that each I think combined they all cost together three hundred million dollars in like 1998 money. Which is quite a bit of money, but not not as much as you would think after you've seen the movie. He's like, right. they feel so big, 
and watching kind of parts of the movie and everyone listening, I've seen this trilogy five, six times. I know what I'm talking about just because I didn't just watch it with Adam <laughs> doesn't mean that I'm not up on it. Uh, actually, it was one of the first things I did in the um, pandemic is I had gone up to my brother's cabin in Big Bear and just find like truly didn't do anything for like a week while we the Frida figured out what we were going to do. And then we finally obviously came together and we're like, let's do drive ins and did a lot of those. But mm-hmm. I sat there and I watched it and I took a day and just watched all of the movies. So I, I've watched it at least within the last year and a half, which is quite a bit. And I actually said during the intro that you uh, I call them filibusters that um, I specifically didn't play the Lord of the Rings at the drive-in because I wanted it to be kind of a special thing when we reopened the theater that we would bring everybody together once it was safe because this was uh, in Orange County. We're not like L.A. where we every every event needs a vax card and an ID. But at the Frida, every once in a while, if it's a packed event like the Lord of the Rings trilogy was, you do need your vax card and you need to show your ID. Um, I wanted it to be like the big one back when it felt safe enough to do. So I was really happy that we didn't play it at the drive-in because only the theatrical version was available at the drive-in. And uh, our crowd expects the extended edition, which I think is the correct move. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and, and, uh, and I'm glad you, you did wait. And I'm also glad you guys did a, that very safe screening of it. I think that made me feel pretty good about going. Yeah, I mean, I, I watched in the theater and was like, there's 165 people in here, but it never felt like people were, like, crammed in. Mm-hmm. You know, we take 45-minute hour breaks in between the movies. Um, I'm not going to have you review how the marathon went, but um, <laughs> I have some questions here for you now that we've, we've gone super in-depth about our favorite fantasy movies. Um, yeah. So what do you think is the best movie in this trilogy – if you're watching them separately or have you ever watched them separately um i watched them separately the very first time and then uh, i think the i did i think i did watch the extended edition separately one time over a course of like you know one every week kind of thing did you watch these movies when they came out in the theater no i was way too young i didn't see them until uh i think after high school maybe so i i didn't see them in the theater either mm mm-hmm. mhm um, which yeah. means I've, I, which means I've never seen them in the theater. Okay, yeah. Um, which is really interesting. That's Wait, why that's I really, true. That is true. I never saw these when Whoa. they when they when they came out. I did not watch them. That's a bummer. Um, it is a huge bummer. I, I agree because I didn't know they were for me. You know what I mean? Like the first yeah. one came out when I was ten, uh, and that would have been like by the time Lord of the Rings or Lord of the Rings. By the time uh, the Return of Kingo came out, um, I think <laughs> I would have been yeah thirteen, fourteen, or, or something like that. Uh, that would have been like prime time to, to see that movie and really fall in love. But no, mm-hmm. I caught them a little later. So um, I, I have not seen the full majesty of them on the big screen. Uh, oh, my know, gosh. Everyone That's listening just feels so bad for me. Yeah, I know. Yeah. I, I, when, I'm really sad that you didn't get to catch it this time, especially. I've seen it. I've actually done this extended run in one day three times now. Whoa. In, in theaters. Nice. Um, yeah, I know they had a re-release. Uh, did they ever release an IMAX at one point? Uh, yeah, that was. Uh, that's the first time that I watched it. It was before The Hobbit came out. Holy crap, that's crazy. What do you think about The Hobbit movies? I know we're kind of going all over the place, but it's just an open discussion. We're just talking about yeah. Lord of the Rings. We're chilling, you know. Um, I think I had, I've only seen them in theaters, so I, it's been a long time. Um, but here's a little spoiler, Trevor. I got mm. myself for Christmas 
the extended edition trilogy of that. And I was like, you know what? I, I'm going to revisit it. I'm going to try it again and see what happens. So I will let you know uh, in the new year of how that goes. Someone called me out on Twitter because I said that I would play the Star Wars uh, prequels as a, as a <laughs> yeah. marathon. And I, okay. I 100% would, 1,000%. I just need to make sure that they're available. Mm-hmm. But not only will I do it, I think that would do pretty well. Like, I think people would yeah. absolutely be like, maybe this needs a reassessment and why not just go see it on the big screen? You know, like why not just, I don't know. Um, I think you're absolutely right. And, but people have asked to play the Hobbit trilogy in the past. And I'm like, I don't, I don't think so. I don't, I don't think we need to do that. It might be rough. So the, the extended trilogy of that comes out to nine hours or so. Mm. Mm. Um, I'll let you know, I'll give you the, the go ahead if it's ends up being good. Yeah, please do. Um, so I wrote down some quiz questions for you if, if you're if you're ready. Yeah, uh, baby. And then they're not okay. So they're not quizzes about like how much knowledge you have about Lord of the Rings. They're more of just giving your opinion on stuff. But uh, <laughs> you didn't answer my question. Which one do you think is the best one? If they're just broken down one movie by one movie, uh, that's a that's hard. And okay, here's uh, I'm gonna do a qualifier. Is it my first time watching them, or have I seen them over and over? That's a really good question. Uh, that doesn't quite really make sense. Uh, no, you, you've you've seen them so now. Now having seen them, which one can you say? Uh, like, I guess it's interesting. Like, if you're gonna pop into the Lord of the Rings movie right now, which one is it? That's not the same answer, I guess. But let's start there. If you're gonna pop in one of these movies right now tonight to watch, mm-hmm. which one's it gonna be? That's the thing. Is like it'd be different. Look, okay. My favorite is um, Fellowship of the Ring. Right. Okay. It has. It has personally my favorite shot in movie history. Ooh. <laughs> you want to take? I'll give you one guess. As write it. Th- write, write it down and then reveal it at the end of the episode. Oh, I know what it is. I'm not gonna forget. No, no. Write down the fact that we're holding withholding oh, this information. Okay. I want it yeah. to be the grand the grand finale. Well, give me a guess, and I won't say if it's correct or not. Uh, well, give me give me a couple seconds to get. I, you know what? Okay. I'm gonna go ahead and give you the my answer to my own question, and it's that the best film of the three is The Fellowship of the Ring. Right. Um, but the, I think that, yeah. But the problem there is that I've known a lot of people who uh, sort of get introduced to the series or like revisiting it since their childhood. And the Fellowship of the Ring is much slower. And so they end up liking Two Towers more and then ultimately Return of the King the most because they just mm-hmm. move a lot quicker. Yeah, I guess Fellowship really does just a lot of t- table setting, but I think it does it extremely well. Yeah. Um, and if you watch Two Towers out of context, it really feels like a connector movie. Mm-hmm. But but as a youngin, when I watched them the first time, my favorite was Two Towers because the Helm's Deep battle. I mean, like it was like mm-hmm. there's like a 40 minute stretch of that movie that is just an awesome battle, a better battle than any of the ones in Return of the King. I, the battle scenes in Return of the King are great, but they're not what Helm's Deep. Helm's Deep has like a full build up to it. Then the elves show up and then obviously uh, Gandalf the White show. It's like a full like movie within a movie. It's a, it's a fantastic yeah, absolutely. Uh, and what you know, Two Towers is the weakest. Um, but it also has the ants, which are yeah, know, maybe one of my favorite parts in the whole trilogy. I love Treebeard. I will get to your question about uh, what the favorite shot was, but I okay. will say I walked in very sparingly throughout this time. I usually walk in a lot more during the trilogy. This is our third time doing it. But when I walked in, uh Treebeard was talking to Mary Pippin and he was listen to me, I know the movies. I know the movies. <laughs> People who are listening to the show are like, he knows the movies. And <laughs> there was a line that Treebeard said that I don't remember in the movie. And 
he says like the Ents are going to Isengard this, uh, and then he says something like uh, this is not the quote obviously but he says like the Ents are going are going to Isengard we knowingly are going to our doom the final march of the Ents do you remember that line yeah that's uh, I mean that's such a great moment because it's when they decide to go to war Yes, but like that, those three lines in a row is like that has to be from the book. It's, it's truly like poetry. He's just mm-hmm. speaking of poetry, and I was like, I'm gonna get that tattooed on my wrist. <laughs> well, that's all. That's what Treebeard's all about, right? Like he's literally reciting his own poem at one point. <laughs> it's so good. <laughs> yeah, and like I was literally like, damn, that the last march of the ends is how he ends up. Like that rules. Like yeah. that, the movie could be called The Lord of the Rings: The Last March of the Ends. Yeah, the, you know, future, uh, future. Hopefully, guest on the show, Mary Kobayashi, my favorite comedian. Mm. That is her. Like, she spe- specifically stated how like that moment gets her choked up every single time. It's just so good. So I was in the theater and people started cheering when that happened. And I'm, yeah. I, I'm curious, were the cheers happening too often in the theater like did someone try clapping and starting a thing because when i'm when i introduce the trilogy i always say guys please have fun with it like i know uh, i know uh towards the end of return of the king when um she says uh i uh, was i am no man or whatever yeah. she takes off her helmet that yeah. is always the biggest cheer moment in the trilogy right. always Yes. And I'm like, yes, that's a cheer moment. I think the movies have maybe four each, but I have been in the theater before. Where, where, and I don't blame people, but like every three minutes at the end of Return of the King, people are like clapping and stuff. And I'm like, honestly, go for it, folks. Yeah. I mean, one thing, th- th- maybe my biggest pet peeve in the whole world is people being loud during movies. Yeah. Uh, except for during the Return of the King's Extended Edition marathon. And I love it. <laughs> um, they did a great job, actually, this time around. There was the the group in front of us uh, did try to get it going a few times when it wasn't. <laughs> but for the most part, everyone was in sync. People clapped when one does not simply walk into Mordor. Everyone just oh, went to wow. town. That's uh, fun. Yeah. They were getting the memes, you know, taking the hobbits to Isengard. They clapped, but they didn't clap at you have no power here. So I think they just wanted the gusto. Um, but they did a great they did a great job. I, I, I did enjoy the, the clapping there. Um, okay, so your favorite shot. Gosh, I, I've been the whole time you've been um talking i've been trying to i've kind of been right we're gonna continue and we're gonna string this through the very end i'm gonna make my guess before you say what it is but okay um second question uh what's the best film when you watch them all in a row uh i don't know man i mean i think it's still the fellowship because of the you know what you know what's so great about these effing movies man is that each one of them starts so differently and each one of the startings is a great moment in cinema history that, like, you would love to see again and again. You know, you, you can't... I mean, obviously, Fellowship of the Ring has the greatest opening because you have Galadriel talking about the yeah. history of the ring. And it's just so awesome. And Kate Blanchett's voice is is mysteriously beautiful. Yeah. Um, but then you get to freaking... Um, maybe, maybe my favorite opening um, of Two Towers... Where you're just like you're floating over the mountains, and you yeah. hear Gandalf saying stuff, and then you go to him, and Gandalf's flying down, and he catches a sword in midair, 
and then he just goes to town on the Balrog. You know, I felt really bad because I kept telling people to be back in a, at a certain time to watch the second and third films. Mm-hmm. And, you know, everybody kind of knows, like, oh, well, he's going to start at, like, 15 minutes after that time because I really just didn't want anybody to miss the movies. And when the second and third one comes around, I'm not playing trailers. Mm-hmm. So when I press play, it's going right into the movie. And I felt really bad because I gave these people so much time who were coming back for two towers and they were waiting in line for like popcorn and stuff. Mm-hmm. And I just I had to start the movie, otherwise we we're gonna be there for till two AM. And mm-hmm. they missed that beginning part of Two Towers. And granted, I know they've all seen it before, but I'm like, what are you doing? Like what are you <laughs> doing? You can't miss the beginning of Two Towers. Yeah, it's just so good. And then it, you know, Gandalf describes how he, he basically fought this dude um, all the way up the mountain. Yeah, which is so epic. I love that. So is two towers at the beginning that that's the shot where we see like it's that super wide Jackson does. We'll talk about Peter Jackson in a moment, by the way, mm-hmm. uh, who is very relevant right now because of you know what? We should pretend we're doing this episode because of Get Back. <laughs> this fucking well, we have the 20th anniversary of Lord of the Rings. What are you I, know, about? I know. I know. <laughs> and like we just watched it. So it is fairly relevant to, to mm-hmm. us, at least. Uh, but um. By the way, my name in the chat today is Frito. It's a pun on mm. Frodo. Uh, it's a reference to um, Godfather. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Part two. Um, is that the that's when we see the shot of them falling, right? And it's like that yeah. wide, and it's like that beautiful shot of like the Balrog, like all fiery, and then yeah. 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 Speaking yeah, of I great shots, love, I just love Gandalf catching the sword, man, in air. I love that. Yeah. Uh, speaking of great shots, that that shot of, and I'm sure it's based off of some famous painting, and I'm gonna look like an absolute fool, but when uh, Gandalf leads the, um, uh, is it Knights of Rohan? Mm-hmm. The Riders yeah. of Rohan. Riders of Rohan. Yeah. Uh, down the hill uh, towards all the orcs at the end of Helm's Deep, and yeah. he, he, it's like we're on the feet of the horses coming down, and then he and then he pulls to that wide, and then he like kind of has that sweeping shot, and it's like them coming down and like the yeah. light behind them, and it's like it's from the side, and it's like mostly CGI probably, obviously, but oh man, that shot is <laughs> so good, it's crazy. Dang. Dude, I would watch these movies again right now. <laughs> <laughs> That's the crazy thing is that, like, I feel like we could play them, like, like how we play Rocky Horror in the Room. I feel like we could play Lord of the Rings, like, monthly, and, like, we would have a pretty good show up, like, you know. <laughs> yeah. Uh, and then maybe I'd actually have a chance to watch them. Right. Oh, man. Yeah. I. Okay. So, yeah, I think as far as the trilogy goes, watching them all again, I, I think... Not that it's the best movie, but I think Return of the King is so nice because it's just a, it's a great culmination of everything. Yeah. And I think a lot of people joke about it has too many endings, but I think it has a perfect amount of endings. I, I love the pacing of the endings. Yeah, so Return of the King is the best one if you watch them all in a row because of like the last hour being a an, just an hour of emotional payoff. Like mm-hmm. like like that's what cinema like cinema right there. Like <laughs> yeah. And you're absolutely right. Like when you watch it, you know, you know, people probably watched it on Christmas Day when it came out, and is it it's oh three, I think. Uh, and mm. I think that was the big joke was how many endings this movie has, and it's like it makes sense if you watch all of them in a row. But I get if you're just watching them out of context, being like, man, this movie like isn't ending towards the end. It's like it's because you haven't been on this like prior to the last hour this 12 and a half hour journey with these characters like we need Mm. to like show the proper respect to all these characters that have gone through all this it's like that's why like it's truly like emotionally draining by the time you get there uh i i went and saw this one 
uh, at the drive-in at the Hollywood Legion theater during the pandemic. It was the only drive-in I've ever been to. Uh, that's not true, actually. I went and saw uh, Bria Grant's last film, 12-hour shift at the drive-in. But um, great presentation of the movie, theatrical cut. Uh, and first of all, I felt like it flew by. I was like, <laughs> I was like, this movie's so short. It was like three and a half hours long. And um, it didn't quite hit as hard because mm-hmm. I hadn't watched the first two prior to it. It right. was still emotional because I know what happens in the first two, but it didn't hit quite as hard. Um, I'm going to tell you your favorite shot of all time. So your favorite shot of all time is in the Fellowship of the Ring. Yeah. Cool. Uh, you know, I'm 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 gonna get it. I'm, you're gonna need at least three guesses, but I, I think I got That's it. Fair. I think I've narrowed it down to two. Right. Um, okay. Next question. Oh wait, do you think so? Two towers. I noticed. And I'm I'm bringing the perspective of the guy who was in the lobby as opposed to the guy who was in the theater. But mm-hmm. two towers absolutely has some filler, especially in the extended edition when you watch all three of them in a row, mm-hmm. because. I, there were people consistently in the lobby during Two Towers. Yeah. I mean, the tough part is the Rohan stuff, you really have to be into it because that's sort exactly. of what you focus on. Yes. Um, and, and it's not bad. It's just a lot of, like, sort of medieval world stuff. Um, and then at the same time, there's, like, the whole plot of Aragorn falling off the cliff and, like, remembering how hot Eowyn is. Um, <laughs> And that that whole like romance thing is a little bit dragged out as well. Yeah, yeah. Nice payoff to it though. Uh, yeah, at the end yeah. of Return of the King. Yeah, she's <laughs> hiding behind a flag, and then they. <laughs> yeah, that's such a weird moment. I love it. It's so good. Yeah. Um, you might not be able to uh, answer this, but do you have a favorite moment that's in the extended cuts exclusively? Um, uh, th- that like you can't even imagine wasn't in the theatricals. Um, it's hard for me to discern. I do know one thing, though. By the way, this is great trivia. Yeah. Um, but I think uh, Mouth of Sauron, I really like. And I know he's not in the theatrical. Mm-hmm. Uh, he's such a creepy, creepy character. And I, I was watching the behind the scenes of this. And uh, they, they enhanced the guy's mouth like after the yeah. fact. They were like, how do we make this weirder? And they just two times his mouth. They even played around with like maybe putting his mouth sideways. Yeah. Um, but so- I love his twitches. That is also my favorite part that's in the extended editions because I had never seen the theatrical editions. I've never seen them until I saw Return of the King at the Mm drive-in, and he wasn't in it. Yeah. And I was like, oh, my God, I love that part. It's so – and we're going to – now we're going to launch and talking about Peter Jackson. That part is so Peter Jackson because that character is, like, terrifying looking. Mm Mm-hmm. Like, it's like, uh, it reminds me of Pan's Labyrinth. Like, it's like a Guillermo del Toro, like, creation. Right. We're talking about the same person, right? Yeah. Um, Okay. And and what's nice is that, um, I mean, one of the many, many special things about Lord of the Rings is that the characters are, can be very, like, not typical. Like, you know, Smeagol and Gollum, um, Mm -hmm. who are, like, unlike anything else in any other movie or book or whatever. Um, but I think Mouth of Sauron is also very not typical. And I like that they included him in there because he's so weird. He's certainly not like Aragorn. Um, and, and it's nice to get sort of that juxtaposition. I mean, him taunting them about Frodo yeah. is like so important to that scene. <laughs> yeah. And it's like it literally adds like two and a half minutes maybe to that theatrical cut. I'm like, I can't fathom cutting that from the movie. Right. 
But yeah, anyway. I, I wouldn't watch the theatricals again, you know? I mean, why bother? Yeah, that's true. Uh, yeah, and it would be weird to be like, we're going to watch Extended of Fellowship, we're going to watch the theatrical of Two Towers, and then we're going to watch the Extended of uh, Return of the King. But I don't no, know, that uh, might work, but I don't know. It for sure would work. It just, you know... <laughs> Maybe if you're watching it with someone who just did, couldn't tell, you know, like right, I, yeah. I, I could because I know the parts in Two Towers that are like because they drag a little bit, to be honest, yeah. like the movie drags. But um, that was always my favorite growing up was Two Towers. I think I already said that, though. <laughs> I got trivia um, for you. What's the name of uh, Sauron, uh, Saruman's Tower? Uh, Saruman's Tower in Isengard? Yeah. Hmm. I don't know. The all the, the all seeing eye. I have no idea. No, that's well. That might be his, the other one. It's uh, Orthanc. Yeah, I was. I was never gonna get Orthanc. <laughs> yeah, you're close. <laughs> did you? Uh, did you? Did they say it in the movie, or did you just know that? For some reason, that little bit sticks with me because if I ever anyone's ever like, "Oh, do you really know uh, Lord of the Rings?" I want to be like, "Yeah, dude, Orthanc." <laughs> I mean, I would just know like Gandalf's horse's name. You know, I, right. I always bust. I always bust that one up. People are like, "Oh, that's tight. That's tight." <laughs> uh so we let's talk about peter jackson so yeah. when you watch these movies there uh there becomes an overwhelming feeling that like they somehow the the uh new line cinema aka aka what what do they call new line cinema wingnut the house that freddie built right <laughs> did you really not remember that or were you making a joke i didn't remember <laughs> yeah we, we we talked about that twice on our nightmare episode <laughs> uh dream warriors so uh-huh. uh peter jackson as you know i'm sure uh and by the way they've been teasing releasing all these in 4k for so long and when they do i'm definitely going to do a late night series of them but obviously he did what's that they already released them in 4k no, on these, the these regarding oh, the movies. I'm, 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 no, these, the ones, I'm, I'm, the movies I'm about to talk about. Oh, I, I, I hadn't said the movies yet. <laughs> yes, but what about Second Breakfast? <laughs> well, also, yeah, no, they have not released 4Ks of the extended editions. The, 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 re, the ones that you were watching were just mere good-looking DCPs. Right. Um, yeah, it's weird they haven't done that yet, but, um, so yeah, Peter Jackson started out making movies like these. Uh, Meet the Feebles, uh, The Frighteners, uh, Dead Alive, aka Brain Dead. These uh, Frighteners, not so much, but like these, like really low budget kind of gross out horror movies. Not unlike what like mm-hmm. Sam Raimi was doing. Mm-hmm. Um, and they're going to be releasing those movies on 4K, is what I was saying. Uh, eventually, one day. Um, uh, extended cuts. <laughs> yes, yes, Lord of the Rings. Yes, exactly. No, um, and I just I am always. And they, they, Sam Raimi is a perfect example. Sony brings in the guy who made the Evil Dead movies to gives him way more than $300 million to make the Spider-Man trilogy. <laughs> and it turns out they got two-thirds of that correct. Like, they, 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 yeah. they picked the right man for the job. Watching these movies, what him and his co-writer and, I believe, wife and producer, Fran Walsh, Mm-hmm. We're able to do it, just seems like there couldn't have been a better person to hire to make these movies. Like, yeah. it just doesn't seem possible. It doesn't like the way they're, they're made with such a craft that he does not display in those low budget horror movies, mind you. Um, Hobbit. <laughs> yeah, exactly. He, <laughs> like, he, like, he just, it's just, I, I don't know if there's ever, like, 
I could easily make the case for these being just the best movies ever made because of how <laughs> difficult. I mean, these were like Dune level of, oh, you can't adapt Lord of the Rings. Like, no one can do that. Mm-hmm. And New Line Cinema, I'm going to think it probably Bob O'Shea, who doesn't, you know, people hate that man, but I think he may have made the decision to give this guy $300 million, ship him out to New Zealand, and just let him make these movies. And it's just the, the results like 20 years later continue to blow my mind yeah i was thinking about that more um this time around where like it would just be these little shots that had to like you know sync up correctly and whatnot and just how effing difficult it must be what a what a master i just yeah a master he had to be like and like we kind of are joking and like but like it seems like it kind of went away (laughs) like it came in he, I mean, th- this is, and he's making great documentaries now, apparently, which is a real, um, awesome. And he just sold Weta Digital. So I think Peter Jackson's like a billionaire now. So he's never, and it's been 20 years since he, I mean, he made King Kong after this, which was a huge passion project for him. And I think that also like shortened his lifespan quite a bit too, because that was <laughs> apparently a, a, you know, a disaster, but not a disaster. It was just a lot of work. Right. And like, what a bummer, because it's like these are clearly his passion project, and then he goes and makes another passion project. Um, right. I don't know. There's just little shots of like, you know, like, you know, Frodo and Sam or whatever overlooking, you know, Mordor or something. And just the way that they're like framed in the shot. Mm-hmm. I'm like, this just, it's like you, you're, he's a great director, and he just mm-hmm. is getting the little moments so correct. Absolutely. And then also just knocking the huge moments out of the park i just yeah. I, 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 like i like literally uh, a nerd could get emotional over just how great of a job he did and i know Absolutely. my brother my brother Derek, who will be on the show one day and should have been on this fucking episode um he he would watch the extras like the special extras on the mm-hmm. blu-rays for these or i guess probably the dvds back then he would watch them literally every day like every day <laughs> Because there was hours and hours and hours of footage of them making these movies. And mm. I've never watched them, but I can only imagine how fascinating the process behind making these movies were. It is so good. I have my the collection that I have includes that. Um, and sometimes I will just throw it on or, or look up on YouTube, watch some behind the scenes videos. Um, and it is. It's just so cool. They're having such a good time. I cannot believe how stressful it must have been for Peter Jackson. That, that's what I'm saying is that, like, uh, I, I know he was a, a portly gentleman uh, throughout the making of this movie, but I think, like, I think that The Hobbit was when he, like, lost a ton of weight. Like, Francis Ford Coppola style on Apocalypse Now of just, like, mm-hmm. stressing over The Hobbit. And I'm like, you're stressing over The Hobbit now? You're shooting digitally. You're not shooting on film anymore. Mm-hmm. You're, oh, by the way, that's a huge thing to this movie that I noticed this time around is unless I'm completely wrong, when they went to go make these movies in 1998, these movies are shot on film. And that's why they have – and great special effects and miniatures. But I think that's why they have the correct texture versus the way that The Hobbit looks. Mm -hmm. Because The Hobbit looks terrible. (laughs) Yeah, but at the same time, most of it is CGI in in The Hobbit. You know, down to like the orcs and everything. They just didn't even try with uh, sort of the practical stuff. Yeah, and and it's tough to even give Peter Jackson credit for shooting this on film because all movies were shot on film back then. But like, right. it, it's like if he had had the chance to make this digitally, maybe he would have screwed it up and it would have looked terrible too. But um, I just, yeah, I think it just it has a real texture to it. Like I was yeah. some, some shots, I'm like, oh yeah, film. Like I can literally see it's on film, 
And man, does the CGI still look so damn good? It's yeah. just like these movies are going to age so so well. And mm-hmm. I, I don't know. I have, I have I have a few more things to um to ask you about if that's okay. You know what? Could yeah. you throw a, another another trivia uh, thing at me? Yeah, uh, this one isn't exactly. I don't know if they mention it in Lord of the Rings, but it is sort of in the wider lore of everything. Yeah. What is the name of the forge master who crafted the rings? I don't know. I'm not a nerd. Oh, that's, nice one. That's my answer. Yeah, great. Yeah, I was setting you up for that one. Uh-huh. Uh, I don't know. Well, uh, I'm, I'm not sure. Uh, I'll tell you what. I know Jen knows this name. Um, <laughs> okay. Is it <laughs> what? I don't know. It's some uh, Calibrimbor. <laughs> I'm still reeling from whatever that last joke was. I was like, is it in the name of my dog, Bowser? I don't, I don't no, know. I was understand. trying to hint that like she knows what it is and then I Cause know you, she knows. because you talk about it so much. Yeah, exactly. Or, or <laughs> something like that. You freak. Um Yeah. Uh no, there's no owls of Gahul in this movie, unfortunately. <laughs> uh-huh. We're just stuck with the eagles, the eagles yeah. that swipe in at the end. Uh, I'll be honest with you. My notes are done about the, the Lord of the Rings trilogy. Yeah. That's okay. Um, there's one thing that I do want to talk about, and it's something yeah. that really hit me pretty hard this time. And it's the scene at, during the endings when the hobbits are back and they're getting a drink together again. Yeah, 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 yeah. And I just, I don't know, for some reason, it just really broke my heart this time of like, it, yeah, it, how how much they've changed, you know, how they don't really fit in now with everything that has happened to them and, and, went and, on. and it's all of them too it's it's yeah. not just frodo like 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 a certain filmmakers or script script writers jesus <laughs> you just call them writers i think <laughs> um uh i think they would have all three of them or eat or maybe just mary and pippin having having a great time you know mm-hmm. and maybe sam and frodo kind of are like uh changed or, or even having mary pippin and then Sam goes and talks over to Rosie or, or you know, um, and then just have Frodo kind of like not adjusting back. It's like, no, all four of them like ha- are having hard times adjusting back to real life, which is, which is I think really effective. Absolutely. Um, the way that it's done in that like manner and everything. I just think that's, that's good filmmaking. And that's what makes these movies so much better than just like some yeah. write off fantasy movies. But it's just a good setup to what comes next of being like, well, we just showed you why, he needs mm-hmm. to go to the, you know, the... Yeah. The... What a heck of an ending for a hero. Because I feel like normally, again, the, the what do you call them, script writers? Yeah, um, the script writers. Yeah, I think they would normally just, like, have him die off or something. Or, like, I don't know, get married like Sam as well. Yeah. Um, what but... do, you, do you have a least favorite ending vignette? Um, I mean, it may be Aragorn's crowning just because... Fuck, fuck off. What? <laughs> What what's the what's the worst one? They're all great. I I hate I hate to say it, but it's the last one, like Sam coming home and then going into the into the into his Hobbit hole. I I kind of like it. I like it because it puts the, you can reevaluate the context of the movies to be all about some guy who learns how to ask out a girl. Yeah, that's true. That's true. But the, I I will say I will say. When he goes off to the, I don't know, the outside lands or whatever. He goes off in the boat to heaven or whatever. And <laughs> he goes to the concert. The, outside yeah, lands. yeah, outside lands in San Francisco <laughs> with with Gandalf and Bilbo. Um, when he goes off uh, into the boat, uh, they use the transition of it like the whole screen going all white. Mm-hmm. 
that's that's the one that when then it, then it cuts to Sam going in. That's the one that you, it like makes me giggle of like, wow, we really are doing a lot of endings here because like the music and everything leads you to believe like that is going to be the ending of the movie right there. And like mm-hmm. to me, these movies are perfect, but if the, I think they should probably end there. Um, I, I don't think, know. I think yeah. Because that feels a lot sudden. At least I like that we go back to the Shire. You know, it's not very sure, long. Sure. I mean, that is the shortest of the endings. It is true. It's, it's like literally 45 seconds. But um, yeah. All right. So let's. Uh, I got get, a question for you, actually. Sh- sure. Who do you like more, uh, Gandalf the Grey or Gandalf the White? Why, why Gandalf the Grey, my good sir? Of course. Oh, yeah? No, really. Yeah. Yeah. We, we, spend, we spend the entire fellowship with Gandalf the Grey. Right. Yeah, that's I like the thing. Of the fellowship. Yeah, that's the thing. Is like I, I think Gandalf the Grey is a little bit funnier and jovial. Yeah, yeah. But yeah. Uh, I mean, the Gandalf the White is, is seems a lot wiser, right? And has he, his stuff he's, together. He's cool. Like, yeah, Gandalf he, the White is cool. very cool. He, and Gandalf still, the Grey is fun. Yeah, but he's still fun. He's still got like uh, Gandalf the White gets that wink in when he says you wouldn't uh, uh, let an old man without his walking stick. Yeah, yeah. You yeah, know, he, and then he, he, he tells Pippin, you know, you know what? Just don't say anything. <laughs> yeah no uh i feel like he's pretty much the same character um <laughs> uh let's see let's get let's get to the old mystery of uh what your favorite Ooh. shot ever what one more one more question okay. for you uh okay. because uh yeah yeah when because i know you do when do you get teary-eyed during these movies teary i mean it well the the yeah like the last hour of return of the king is brutal it's yeah. brutal yeah Tyria. Uh, it's i mean yeah it, it's 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 when it's when mary and pippin and sam when gandalf turns around when he's getting on the boat and he says like come on frodo like let's go yeah and then the three of them were like what are you talking about and then like elijah wood or sorry frodo <laughs> frito has to um frida his name's frida uh, <laughs> he has to, you know, be like, well, like, it's really weird that he didn't tell them. Like, it's like almost like an ambush yeah. <laughs> when they get there. But it's like they would have been so sad the whole time anyway. But I, that part kills me. Like, like, like yeah. them turning around and then saying, like, come on, Frodo, you know. Absolutely. Um, you to no one is really, really good. Uh, and that could have been the ending of the movie, honestly. That yeah. would have been good. Um, <laughs> crying i don't know man um, a... i think this time boromir uh like apologizing to aragorn kind of got me a little bit so good i really love good. the boromir death scene yeah I, th- I i that was i think the one video i took and posted on instagram from the trilogy this time is because i caught it but man what a scene no 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 fellowship's the best of the three it's yeah. gotta be because it, yeah, it, ha- it, it does a lot of table setting but it has a lot of set pieces you have the mines mm-hmm. of moria mm-hmm. you have the the little battle we're talking about there that ends with boromir dying mm-hmm. um what else what else you get you get both elves you get the tree elves and then you get the or the wood elves and you get um you know galadriel and her folk yeah there's enough action set pieces of course, yeah. All, all the war in the beginning, you get it. Yeah, that's yeah, got. You get be. the sh- Bilbo's party, which is great too. Yeah, and then we get the moment with the uh, I don't know the, where they're. I don't know. It's kind of I can't. Uh, the famous part where they like hide underneath the mm-hmm. well, people always reference this in the movie. I don't know why. I think it's because so many people ripped it off, but uh, I can't explain what's happening in the scene. But it's like um, it's where like Aragorn 
comes and saves them. Mm-hmm. Do you know what I'm talking about? Yeah, and then the, the it, ring wraiths come in, and it seems yes, like they're going to stab. The, the ring wraiths, yes. That's yeah. the word I was looking for. Yeah, that's a little mini action set piece there. It's very yeah. tense. Yeah. Um, it doesn't work, yeah. you know, after you've seen it so many times. <laughs> <laughs> sure, sure. No, yeah. It's, uh, um, it's amazing these movies work at all. Yeah, and so I also get teary-eyed um, usually... It's in that last hour of, of Return of the King, um, but it's where uh, Gimli says, I never thought I'd die fighting side by side with an elf. And, and Really? Legolas, yeah, Legolas says, how about side by side with a friend? Uh, I could do that. Yeah, that's 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 a good moment. Yeah, I wouldn't cry at that part. But maybe uh, um, maybe it, Sam telling Frodo that he's happy that he's with him at the end of it all is very sad to me. That's good. Uh, but even but though that, I know it's not going to be the end of it all, <laughs> but I love that that friendship that that you really feel um, bloom over the course of these movies. Yeah, you know, yeah. it feels very very natural, which I think is was super hard to do, especially as just like. Not even a subplot, but just like a little thing going yeah. on, you know, throughout the film. So they just made sure like, hey, all right, they don't like each other. And then how about they get in a competition, which is very fun, you know. Uh, There's some they... really great moments with the Sam character that make me emotional. Hmm. Um, the, the If I take one more step, it'll be the furthest I've ever been away from home is like very like, whoa, like this is very early in the movie. to like, what a great character. What a great character. Yeah. Uh, his monologue he gets to do at the, is it at the, is it at the end of two towers he gets a monologue about is or is it the at the end of fellowship where he says like the world is worth fighting for i think it's two towers yeah uh I, I, the the audience at the theater applauded after the monologue yeah i was like <laughs> you should i think he actually i think that the the trivia is that he was i think he was the only actor nominated for the second movie huh. and i think it, i think it was that monologue that got him that nomination Interesting. And that was uh, his second nomination after Encino Man. <laughs> yes. Sean Astin. I met him at like a, a con that we had to work for the Frida and he was very nice. Yeah, he um, seems like such a cool dude. Yeah, he was, he was kind. And he, and he was just uh, on the precipice of being in Stranger Things too. Mm-hmm. Um, then my favorite exchange, and it makes me emotional. It's not really an emotional part, but is at the end of Two Towers when they're walking – uh, and, um, uh, we haven't talked about Smeagol really at all, but, um, he, like, they're talking about like, still like, what well, stories will be told, whatever, blah, blah, blah. Do you think they'll tell stories about us or whatever? And then like <laughs> Frodo says like, like, Oh, like, well, oh, they're going to tell a story about Sam. Like, Oh, that's a story that I want to hear. Sam whatever. The and yeah. And then Sam's like, like Mr. Frodo, you don't like, you don't have to joke around like that. I was serious. And then he's yeah. like, I'm serious too. Like. Frodo wouldn't have gotten very far without Sam. I'm like, that is my favorite exchange in the entire trilogy. I love it. <laughs> yeah, it's just really... I, I love their relationship. Um, it's great. I, God, these I, movies are so great. <laughs> the the building I was referring to was between Gimli and Legolas, but still, I think, you know, both of them are just really good. Um, yeah, honestly, honestly... Uh, people the ladies listening to this are gonna kill me but legolas does nothing for me anymore and it's funny it's funny because he used to be my hair the coolest part right like oh he slides down the elephant trunk and he's shooting or he uses the shield and the elms helms deep and shit like that i'm like Mm he emotionally his performance is for sure the worst in the trilogy yeah but paired with 
paired with Gimli. I really like yeah. that. You know, adding yeah, because, that other yeah. layer of character to him was because Jonathan Reese uh, is it Jonathan Reese Davies? Is that his name? Yeah, I think so, or yeah. Jonathan Reese Myers. Anyways, <laughs> Jonathan Reese Myers is a different actor because um, he's so good. He's so yeah, good. He is um, yeah, I don't know. Um, but yeah, what's uh, what's funny is like so. I told you. I mean, that is one of my favorite parts. Is side by side with a friend. I think it's just so genuine. Um, and I was telling the person that I brought with me, and she hadn't seen it for a long, long time, um, that and that I was getting teary-eyed at that moment. She was like, oh, dude, I held back a boo at that moment. I was going <laughs> to... <laughs> that rocks. <laughs> she was going to jeer, or he or she was going to jeer the movie. Yeah, she was. <laughs> that is awesome. But she loves also- it. I mean, she had a great, great time. It was just that moment. Also, everybody, everybody listening to the podcast is gonna is gonna start that you you're you're like the Adam character is the uh, you're like the Adam Driver character of Francis Hall where it's like on the podcast it sounds like everybody you hang out with is like the person I hung out with the person I hung out with and it's like a different person every time. <laughs> weirdo, that's I, man. That's what I, you know. Unless it's you, Trevor, no one cares. Weirdo, weirdo. Um, yeah. So I have nothing else written down. Uh, other than now I have to guess your favorite shot. Yeah, favorite shot of all time. I think about okay. it all the time. This is this is wrong, but I'm going to guess I'm going to guess the introduction shot of Frodo sitting in the Shire when he's in the trees and he's reading the book with the piece of wheatgrass in his mouth. No. You know what? As much as I like the idea of that shot, I feel like that one's a little bit too much of like too perfect, you know. Okay, okay. Too formalist. Yeah, but I th- I'm glad it's in there. <laughs> and then I think um, Gandalf f- rides by, I think, in that moment. Um, yeah. Second guess is going to be um, the wide shot from the side of Gandalf facing off to the Balrog. Uh, no, really good. And then they drop into that ocean <sighs> under the caves. Yeah. Yeah, it's that's the, wait. That's the shot that I'm talking about. The where they shot, where they f- drop into the ocean. But that's in the beginning of Two Towers. Yeah, yeah. That's an incredible shot. It yeah. looks so good. Yeah. Um, damn. Okay. So I, I love the idea. Like, I don't know if the book starts off that way. I don't think it does. But mm-hmm. like the, them adapting it, and they're like, "All right, so we got a great opening for the first movie. We're gonna obviously go back in time to go see Smeagol in the third movie in the opening. We got to think of something cool for the second one. And then they just boom, they nail it. But just yeah. have Gandalf fight the Balrog. Yeah, it's a great way to just in media res. Open the movie right in the middle of the best part. Yeah. Um, can you help me out if it's in like the first, second, or third act? Uh, it, it is in the first movie. No, I know, I know, but it's okay. in Fellowship. But in the first, second, or third act of the Fellowship, uh, I think it's in the. I think it's technically the second act. Okay, well, okay, so most of the movie is the second act. Um, what do you want from me? You asked. <laughs> Uh, okay, fine. I'll just throw a guess. Is, is it them going up like the snowy mountains? No, and, great, make, great and making moment. making the decision to go through the mines of Moria. No, great moment where they let Bill go. Oh man, I have no idea. All right. Uh, yeah, they let Bill go. <laughs> so funny. I forgot about that. <laughs> um, it's them. It's when they're at the council for the ring um and it's uh when they're all arguing over who's going to take it and then frodo shouts like i'll do it and the shot is on gandalf and it's just pure acting by sir ian mckellen wait Um, so it's like a favorite moment not a favorite shot 
I mean, it's a it is a shot because it it starts from him, and it and then the way that the camera moves. Okay. It, okay. Yeah, <laughs> there's the caveat here, but it's this pure capturing this wonderful acting by Sir Ian McKellen, who has a flurry of emotions of like. He's proud of Frodo at the same time, but he's also sorrowful that it had to come to this. And he's like, you know, all these things that he captures in a second on his face. Um, and the camera moves sort of as as Sir Ian McKellen turns. Um, and you get the feeling that everyone's sort of turning to look at Frodo and quieting down. And we go and we see how small Frodo is in that moment. Mm-hmm. As he says, I'll do it. Um, and I just love, love that. I am very torn right now because... To me, that's not like that is obviously a shot in this film, but that's like usually has one of my that's like one of my favorite bits of direction, or it has one of my favorite. You bits can of say acting. it. Or, all right, whatever you can say. Because I'm thinking of like all these amazing shots in the movies, like yeah. like I don't know. But that's a culmination of that, right? Like, how do you yeah. how do you d- differentiate it between directing or acting? It is both of those things. Um, sure so it has one of your favorite uses of yeah okay all right good yeah (laughs) you liked that part a lot good for you yeah that's my favorite shot yeah i thought you were gonna be like uh it's the establishing shot of uh he's like wait your favorite shot of all time is an establishing shot no establishing shots can be great when we see rosie for the first time you know what i'm saying (laughs) uh speaking of establishing shots uh come on come on has some of the best establishing shots i've literally ever seen in a movie we're on lord of the rings here oh yeah sorry sorry yeah anytime Um, we go to a new city and come on come on it's just an incredible (laughs) shot of the city um well speaking of cities uh Minas Tirith rules. I think we covered pretty much everything here, right? I, I feel good about uh, sort of getting it off my chest, all the things that I felt on Saturday. Do you, when you watch the movies, uh, do you have what a lot of us real Lord of the Rings fans have where you know the moment and the lines when your brain expects a thing to come on the screen that says, please put in disc two? No. No. Uh, do you know what I'm referring to? Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> uh, so, yeah. So, when you watch the Blu-rays at home, the Blu-rays are two discs each. And the DVDs certainly were, too. Yeah. And there are moments, one in Fellowship, obviously, which ends on a joke line from uh, Mary and or Pippin. I don't remember. The second one, uh, uh, the – shoot, I don't think I know the second one, actually. Uh, but then the third one, it's right when the in the big battle, it's when they bring out that, like, big wolf thing that's going to, like, knock the door down. Mm-hmm. Right when they introduce that thing, it says, please put in disc two. <laughs> What's the name of that thing? Crocs? I don't, something like I that? I don't know. I, that, that's like the, the, the pressure to make that battle scene as huge as it is. Mm-hmm. And, and he does pull it off. He does pull it off. But it's not as good of a battle scene as, you know, uh, yeah, Helm's, Helm's Deep. Because there's something cool and like, like back against the wall about Helm's Deep. And it's like mm-hmm. in a limited area. Whereas, like, Minas Tirith is just this... I mean, that city looks so cool, and I know it's a model and you know, CGI mix, and it just looks so cool. Yeah. But it's such a huge battle sequence. It's yeah. like, he definitely got a little lost in the sauce on that one, but I, I, <laughs> I love it anyway. It's great. You know what? I love the personality of the orcs that they kind of show throughout the films. of uh, not, not just, like, looks like meets back on the menu, boys, which is so good. Yeah, um, but in terms of like the way that they fight war, they have their own personality. Like when they all cheer on the name of whatever that thing is called, 
um, or like <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Or when they have that uh, suicide bomber guy like run through yeah. the crowd and they're all cheering him and he's got like a torch and a hat on and everything. Yeah, it's pretty that's good. A, that, that's at Helm's Deep, right? When he blows up the wall. Yeah, yeah, that part's so crazy when he run <laughs> when he runs up and it just blows it up. Sheesh. I Man. am so surprised people did not clap for that. Like, I was waiting for it, and I did not get it. <laughs> I don't think the orcs are collecting many claps from the Lord of the Rings fans. <laughs> no, I think right. people liked uh, the name of that, Crom or whatever, the name of that. Yeah, thing. yeah, yeah. It's that's That, to me, when they introduce that, it feels a little too, like, OP. Where, like, I'm like, <laughs> well, I mean... Like the good guys are gonna win. They have a crom. They're like you know or whatever it is, and then like the elephants show up, and you're like, man, the the bad guys have a lot of heavy. And then of course there's like the cheat code that Aragorn brings in that just yeah. immediately <laughs> ends the war, and you're like, oh, they really seemingly wrote their way into a corner here, and then just used like go like you know they they went full fantasy with it. And you have to respect it. Yeah, but even still, I mean Legolas. Takes down an elephant all his own. God. Yeah, yeah. Um, and what's his name? Carl uh, Urban takes down like three elephants, essentially. Yeah. Uh, which so is magic. Which is magic wizards, princesses, princes, heroes, elephants, ghosts. This trilogy has got them all. I didn't say anything about like hobbits or ring rates yeah. or anything, but um, yeah, there's some really. Do you know what my favorite? Do you have a favorite, not set piece, but do you have a favorite set in these movies? I know mine is, and I don't know the name of the, it's, <laughs> uh, it's the guy who, it's, he actually looks like um, Sean Bean, the character, but it's it's when, at the end of the second one when they're in that little, it's like we're cross-cutting between Helm's Deep and then the uh, the town that's like halfway underwater and like kind of cracked down. It's very gray looking. Oh yeah, just outside of Minas Tirith. Yeah, and the, um, the, the ring wraiths on whatever those like dragon things are shows up and that um that set is awesome looking because it's like yeah. half CGI and half real and it yeah. looks it just looks so lived in and real like it's like completely wrecked and there's just like a battle going on the whole time like a little like like they're constantly under barrage of like <laughs> there's like cannonballs hitting the water like every like ten seconds and it just feels so uh, intense every time you cut back to it yeah yeah no I I, I think I just love Minas Tirith. I love okay, everything cool. about it, even its introduction with Gandalf writing up to it. Um, yeah, I thought you were going to say, like, you like the Shire or something. It's hard not to, you know. <laughs> it's um, great. It's great. Especially with the music, the, like, Shire music, when it goes into, like, concerning Hobbit stuff. It's just so heartwarming, you know. It's we, so pure. We will end the conversation here about, again, Peter Jackson gets to direct these movies, and it's like, oh, who are you going to get to score it? Hans Zimmer? John Williams? Like, no, Howard Shore... And Howard Shore is going to deliver literally, like, the best score ever, (laughs) ever. Yeah. Yeah. Like, you cannot separate. That's the thing about, like, when you read a book. Guess what's not playing when you're reading a book? (laughs) Yeah. Yeah, exactly. And, oh, oh, I mean, and where where one of the things where the score makes it, um, one of the best shots in all the movies is uh, when they're lighting the towers to call for aid, uh, call for Rohan. Yes. and it's just the music is so perfect. They had to know that the music was going to be good because otherwise, I mean, that scene was awesome, but it wouldn't have been nearly as good without the music. Yeah, I'm sure Peter Jackson's receiving like samples from Howard Schwartz throughout being like, okay, okay, okay. But like, if you get those samples while you're shooting, I'm assuming he didn't just shoot the whole thing and then they scored over. It's very, mm-hmm. very possible. It's a normal process. But imagine getting those 
like in your email every morning and being like, <laughs> oh, wow, like we need this. We this needs to be good because yeah. the score is going to like lift a lot of this. <laughs> yeah. Oh, God, right. I love that tower scene, man. Uh, I am like now I'm like hurting that I didn't watch these movies, but I feel like I kind of watched them now that we've been talking about them. Play it up. You usually play it at the end of the year, but if you play it again, you know, at the beginning of the year next year, I'd, I'd go see it again. We we play it in September usually, but then we did it in December this year, and I think December is a good time for it, like just past Thanksgiving, but just before Christmas. Yeah, I agree. I like that time so because you're I think wait again, movie... huh? Yeah, these movies came out. I think on did they come out on Thanksgiving or Christmas? I can't remember. Uh, I know Hobbits came out in December. All three of them. I don't know. Yeah, I think that these dominated either Thanksgiving or Christmas for three years in a row, and then we haven't mentioned it, but I think the. Return of the King won like twelve Oscars or something. Yeah. Like they pretty much shafted it the first two years. It won a couple technical awards here and there for Fellowship of Two Towers. Then for Return of the King, the Academy did the right thing. Was like, okay, we'll give them all of the Oscars now, <laughs> but no, no acting Oscars, none. Yeah, that's a bummer. Um, Which is crazy. But it is so awesome that uh, they did win Best Picture. Who is your favorite performance it's uh, a of the of. entire trilogy? Is it? Yeah, yeah. Yeah, he got nominated for fellowship. Mm-hmm. Yeah, which is which feels very very right. Yeah, I think uh, he's just. I mean, that's yours too. I'm guessing. No, no, no. Who's yours? It's Sean Astin. I think he's. Yeah. I think he is literally perfect as Sam. Yeah, that's good. Uh, there's such good performances in here. Uh, they do such a good job of bringing it to life. You know, that's everybody. why it's crazy they didn't get any nominations. Even the year mm-hmm. it won all the. I'm, I'm sure there were nominations that year. I, I'd have to look, but. The fact that it didn't win, I don't think it won any Oscars for acting. Of the three movies, nobody won an Oscar for acting for these movies. Eesh. And But, it's you like, know, um, yeah. on a related note, I know that um, Fellowship of the Ring is in the AFI's top 100 of all time. It should be, yeah. as it should be. Yeah. And we'll end on that note because we worship at the altar of the American Film Institute. <laughs> <laughs> um, hey, they gave uh, us PTA. What? Oh, did he, is that where he went? Yeah. Uh, yeah, didn't he like? Didn't he drop out of school though? When some one of his teachers said like, "We're not here to make the next Terminator 2. and he was like, "What?" <laughs> like, no, I love Terminator Two. <laughs> I don't think he dropped out, but he does. Uh, he brought up that story. Okay, cool. All right, that'd be cool if he just walked out of the class at that moment. <laughs> yeah. Um, okay, so that's it for us. We're ta- we're done marathon. Man, uh, it's very funny how I always end up hosting the show at the end. <laughs> <Yes>. uh, <laughs> but. Um, yeah, I just uh, what what else needs to be said? We didn't. I mean, how it, we could literally have gone so in depth in this, but we're gonna we're gonna cut it off mercifully around the one hour and twenty minute mark. Yeah, I mean that's the thing is like these movies are so excellent. Um, they they merit a watch. You know, uh, it's always fun to talk about it, but most of the time when you're talking about it, you're just gonna be going like, you remember that part because. It's all encompassing. Yeah. The movies are perfect, almost. It becomes like the Chris Farley show where we just go back and forth saying, like, you remember that part? It's like, yeah, yeah, I remember that part. I just watched the movie, of course. Yeah. I've seen the movie so many times. Of course, I remember that part. Yeah, so we're not bringing anything new to the table. You know what I mean? Like, uh-huh. if you like these movies, you probably know all the stupid trivia. Like, when Aragorn kicks the, sh- kicks the helmet at the beginning of Two Towers, he actually hurt his foot and his screaming in that scene is actually him screaming in pain because he broke his foot. It's like, yeah, okay, cool. That, that guy a clap in the theater yeah that's what i heard somebody told me that in the lobby uh okay <laughs> it was fun it was, well actually you know going on that it's fun like going with um, the the person that i went with taylor oh my god oh my. Um, hey shout out 
she uh, she she didn't know a lot of the times that the clapping would come from because he didn't she didn't remember like the memes or anything. So when yeah. re- people randomly started clapping at something, she would turn to me, and then I'd explain like, oh, that's when he broke his foot, you know, or oh, that's a <laughs> meme and back in the day. And someone turned around and went shh. <laughs> no, no, I mean, don't talk. <laughs> they, everyone was pretty, pretty chill. I think they're, yeah. they're even with the talking, um, everyone was pretty good about it, which was nice. There were some whispers, and this was the first time. Uh, I don't know how you felt about it, but a lot of people brought in food into the theater. Yeah, well, that's the one thing is that this is one of those screenings that we do allow outside food because it would okay. be pretty irresponsible to like to be like, no, you can't bring outside food for this four hour movie. Like, but <laughs> it, it does get the theater smelling like food quite a bit. Yeah. I, um, I, I felt bad. I didn't want to, but um, we were over at worst house and it was taking mm-hmm. forever. We didn't get it until literally a minute before. Yeah. I mean, people literally bring worst house in, which if you live in LA, it's just a rip off of worst cooch. And it's what worse food could you bring into a movie theater than like <laughs> sausage and like, what what's the stuff oh um sauerkraut and onions and stuff (laughs) like that it's like what do you what are people thinking anyway um i'll end on this so i i ended up not saying it before the third movie but what i could have said in the intro is that something that i've always found very interesting and this is obviously very cheesy and maybe i'm bringing something that people don't think about this is obviously very on the nose um what's really cool about a marathon like this is that i can go up in front of everybody and i can speak and um, I don't know if people hung out after the movie. I assume they didn't. Um, anybody who leaves before the Annie Lennox song is over, by the way, is not a real Lord of the Rings fan because that song is so damn good. Um, well, isn't that at the end of two also? Uh, the Into the West is at the end of um, – I don't know. Maybe she sings at the end of the song at the end of two. But Into the West is the one I'm talking about, the one that all won mm-hmm. the Oscar for Best Original Song. Mm-hmm. Um, it's just a beautiful song, and it's not that long, so you mm-hmm. definitely should sit through it at the end of Return of the King. But – it's just really great to be in a room with people where it's just like uh, there at least you know you have one massive thing in common you know what i mean like everybody in that room minus like the six people who raised their hand who hadn't seen it before paid 25 dollars. not not a small sum of money that's that's a full marathon price for these movies Mm -hmm. to come sit in a movie theater for like 13 hours and it's like we all just have this one thing in common, and it's that we seemingly love the Lord of the Rings. And I know that seems very cheesy, but like it hit me while I was like there this time of being like, that's really cool. That like I could be friends probably. Like that's like a pretty open gateway to being a friend with somebody. Being like, oh, you also love Lord of the Rings. We're probably gonna have other things in common. Yeah, and and I, you know I love that sort of I love the cheering. Yeah, in this for these movies, you know, it's the power of a cinema, is what I'm trying to say. (laughs) Yeah, but that's it. We're all in it together. We all just want to have a good time, and every time, I mean, the movie Peter Jackson, I think, knows when when we're going to cheer. You know, when he was making this, even he was like, "All right, we're going to lead into this moment," Um, and it's great. I think uh, I just love that energy. I I don't think I'd even watch these at home anymore um, because it was so good watching it with everyone else. What what an incredible directing job he did on these movies. Yeah, that I'll just know. I'll just cap it off with that. Like it, it cannot yeah. be understated or pe- overstated enough. The people listening to this this podcast are like, oh, this uh, podcast has more endings than the movie. <laughs> Truly, because I don't want to stop talking about it. I know. Because um, then we got to leave it, and then when are we going to revisit it again? You know. I know. Never. This will be the last episode we ever talk about Lord of the Rings. Yeah, but uh, I, I I hope you play it again next year, uh, and I'll be there. 
We'll do a part two next year. We'll do another marathon then. <laughs> Lord of the Rings part yeah. two. We'll just talk about it again with a guest. We'll bring a guest on. We got to do it live because that, that was our intention for the listeners out there is like we, we ended up putting off this podcast to recording the night before, um, but we did want to do it live. It's just Trevor had all those bad things going on. Yeah, so the idea behind Marathon Men is that typically what we'll do is we'll do a little bit before like the marathon starts, we'll talk on mic, and then we'll watch a movie, we'll come back, and then we'll just pick up right where we left off, and where you're supposed to be getting our reactions after each movie, but like with Lord of the Rings, it would have been tough because the breaks were only like 45 minutes to an hour, and I feel like I would have wanted to talk about them for so long, so... These Marathon Men episodes are going to be longer episodes, and that's usually going to be the format of it. But this one, just some stuff came up, you know? Yeah. Well, maybe next time we can do that, because uh, I think being in it will give a good energy. Thank you to everybody who sent us their Spotify wrapped at the end of the year that had Ghost Party <laughs> Radio on it. Right. Uh, I noticed a trend that everybody who sent me, and, and I'm not like I'm not making this up. It was probably like five or six people. The trend being that I could look at the other podcasts I listened to and just be like, oh, you don't listen to podcasts. <laughs> <laughs> right. Although I, I know for my mom, this is the only podcast she listens to. Uh, that, that's how it was. Like If Ghost Party Radio was on your Spotify wrapped, it means that you listen to very few podcasts. <laughs> right. Uh, but we'll take it. We'll absolutely yeah. take it. Yeah. But uh, we didn't. We didn't want to be too too uh, ego egotistic and put uh, all these pictures of Spotify wrapped on the on the Instagram page. Sure. <laughs> I, yeah. No. I I could have. I could have. But it would have been me like screenshotting it and posting it myself instead of these people posting it organically. Right. Um. You know. And so you just have to take our word for it. There was a lot. Yeah, there were so many. I was like, oh, "Wow, I can't believe we're, I can't believe that so many people have a us on their Spotify Wrapped." Anyway, uh, <laughs> good, good, good adding to the bit there. Um, do you have anything you want to plug? Um, yeah, follow me on Letterboxd, Adam with three M's, uh, and check out my website, Adam J. Sue Wagner, which is where I post the stuff I make. I am on Instagram, Twitter, and Letterboxd now. At Trevor Dills. No more Captain Dills. It's mm. gone. You can follow me at Trevor Dills. And always follow us uh, on Ghost Party Picks, at Ghost Party Picks on Instagram to see what we're up to. Uh, this was fun. Uh, yeah. It was long. Uh, but <laughs> our journey must end here, unfortunately. Yeah. And, uh, you know, I'm glad to be here with you at the end of all things. Thank you for listening to Marathon Men. Adam, we have officially simply walked into Mordor. Bye. Bye. The halfling was dear to thee, I see. Know that he suffered greatly at the hands of his host. <laughs> Who would have thought one so small would endure so much pain. And he did, Gandalf. He did. Oh. And who is this? Isildur's heir. It takes more to make a king than a broken elvish play. I guess that concludes negotiations.